0: This episode is sponsored by Down to Earth Iced Teas. Our functional super teas are made from organic super herbs and adaptogens and contain no sugar, no preservatives, no food colorings, and range from only zero to 10 calories per bottle. Our beverages are USDA organic, kosher, vegan, non-GMO, and keto and paleo friendly. Finally, bottled beverages that you can truly trust. Check out drinkdowntoearth.com and use promo code PODCAST10 for 10% off your first order. Welcome back to the Down to Earth podcast. Wellness is multifaceted and isn't only limited to our dietary intake. It also involves movement, our daily habits, mindset, our thoughts, and community. Our guest today is Shana Therese Taylor. Shana is an inspiring entrepreneur and wellness leader and is also the founder of Shayna's Kitchen and CBD company, Bottle and Stone. Shayna takes an all-around approach to her health and values the importance of having the right mindset and routine when it comes to her wellness approach. In this conversation, we'll be discussing nutrition, wellness habits, mindset, as well as tips for entrepreneurs that are interested in pursuing their true passion. This episode is going to leave you feeling inspired and ready to take charge of your life. Here we go.
1: Welcome to the Down to Earth podcast.
0: We're your hosts, sibling duo, Jonathan and Lorena.
1: In this podcast, we'll be spilling the tea on all things health and wellness related.
0: This podcast is designed to motivate you to take care of your physical, mental, and spiritual
1: health. We'll be bringing on doctors, healers, fitness experts, business leaders, and innovators.
0: Thanks for joining us in our mission of making the world a healthier, happier, and a more down-to-earth place here we go.
1: Hey, Shana, how are you today?
0: Good. How are you?
1: We're doing well. We're both very big fans of your work and excited to be chatting with you today.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
1: Of course. It's our pleasure. So I'd love to start out by learning a little bit more about your background and what ultimately propelled you to pursuing this healthy lifestyle and sharing it with others.
2: Yeah, sure. So I actually started as a chef. I went to coronary school for college. Um, In coronary school, they don't exactly teach you much about real health and nutrition. They kind of teach you the basics of nutrition. And um, my real kind of love for the advanced health and wellness actually came mostly from, one, my parents, uh, my mom's side. My mom ended up marrying My stepfather is a trainer and so we were very into fitness as a family and so when health and wellness started to kind of become a little bit more trendy, my family was kind of already into it and then I became really obsessed with it mostly because I had my own kind of health struggles. So what I decided to do was my passion out of organic cooking was all the stuff that I learned from culinary school. I kind of self-taught myself all the substitutions and things that I believed are better options than what they teach you in culinary school. Obviously, through my experience with that, I learned that sourcing and quality ingredients is definitely the top priority for those types of things. And so... My journey kind of started with that. I worked in a couple of restaurants um, during culinary school, which I realized very quickly was not my niche. Um, I really went to culinary school, yes, because of my love for food, but also because of the ability to be creative and make and you know create new things and delicious things and kind of turn my passion for food and travel and trying everything and kind of making the better version for you of it. So like I love pizza and I love you know there's like all those things that you. Love, but then society's kind of put this guilty marker on them. And so I felt like it didn't need to feel that way. Like you should be able to eat whatever you wanted. It's just about really caring about where you're getting it from or how you're creating it and making it to nourish your body. And then shortly after I finished culinary school, I actually was scouted to be a model in LA um, for Wilhelmina. And so I pursued that as well because I figured I'm young and why not? And modeling was always kind of the thing that I had in my mind. And so I moved to LA to pursue a modeling career, and um, it really gave me a different perspective on how many people really had a terrible relationship with food, including myself. To be honest, it was really kind of this battle I had where you know I I loved food and I wanted to do you know healthy organic, which of course is great, but then there's this pressure of being a model and with your agencies and you're constantly comparing yourself to other girls that are in castings, and then they want you to look a certain way and they want you to be skinnier and they want you to you know there's like all this pressure of kind of this perfect, you know, thing for modeling. And to be honest, it really messed with my own head and my relationship with food. And it's taken me many, many years to kind of recoup my relationship that I had of the obsessive mentality of I need to be skinnier. I'm eating too many carbs and doing, you know, this whole unhealthy mentality that we put on ourselves. And people don't realize that having that obsession is actually really bad for your mental health. So this is obviously like in a 10 year span. So when I created Shana's Kitchen, um, which is my health and wellness blog, where most of my recipes and stuff are, I actually was working as a, a personal chef for many years in my early twenties. And then when I moved to New York City, I quit personal chef work and was like, I really want to help people on a broader scale. I loved working one-on-one with clients, and I loved being kind of their you know everyday advocate to teach them to live a more organic lifestyle and switching out their hu- their houses and teaching them that you know the foods that they really want to eat, they can still have it. It's just a matter of how it's made. And I loved that. I worked with kids and, you know, I really, I really loved that very intimate setting, but I really knew that the knowledge and upset and like real obsession that I had with trying to help people from a more holistic perspective needed to be done in a, in a broader scale. So I dedicated my time to building Shana's kitchen. It's kind of grown pretty substantial, uh, from there. I have my personal blog as well. I have three answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through time, through being, you know, in a, a holistic, I guess you could say a nutritionist and practitioner, whatever you want to call me. I also became obsessed with uh, CBD and the hemp industry and how much it was really helping people since I you know, have this really amazing trusted community, they come to me a lot with their problems and they are really looking for a holistic remedy for it. And so for me, it's a lot of pressure, of course, because I'm not essentially really a doctor, but like obviously I have all this knowledge and this intuition and I love to help people. And so some of the main ones that I was getting was people have sleep issues and they have arthritis pain and they have like major anxiety and they can't get out of bed and, you know, kind of the most common ones. And so when hemp started to become popular, I was at the time didn't have any products of my own and I was just vetting products and basically, you know, giving people the recommendations that I had never did paid partnerships or anything and i couldn't find a cbd company that i thought was trustworthy enough and that was actually doing it properly and the more studying i did about the hemp plant and how essential it is to make sure that it's third party tested and it should go through like diligence of what the soil quality is like there's so many things because the plant naturally pulls toxins out of the soil wherever it's planted so it's essential to make sure that it's you know quadruple tested and all these kinds of details like that, I was like, well, I guess maybe, maybe I'll have to start my own CG company because it's the only way I'm going to know that like this real plant medicine is going to truly help people. And it is the highest quality because if you're using it essentially as plant medicine, like you want it to be highest quality. I mean, this is, this is essentially helping people get off of narcotics and, and things that they're overprescribed for. So I started my company bottle and stone. I did not realize what I was getting myself into getting the CBD industry. It's like the wild, wild west, but here I am (laughs) two years strong. And yeah, so that's kind of my story in a small nutshell. I mean, I have my personal account, um, which is more about kind of the all around holistic, happy lifestyle. And my goal is I don't want to tell anybody what to do and I don't want to... You know, point fingers of like you doing that is wrong and this is the right way because I feel like it's just not the right mentality to really get people to want to shift their lifestyle. My goal is to inspire people every day of the different ways that maybe they can incorporate you know, these different holistic remedies or more self-care practices or, you know, being cognizant of your mental health, um, different things, and basically putting it in inspirational ways that people really feel like, wow, that's so great. Like I would really love to do that one day. And if they see it enough, hoping that, you know, they'll eventually kind of incorporate into their lives.
0: And I I love that about all your accounts, because like you said, you share a lot of really healthy recipes, but we know that Food is a big part of your health, but it's not the only thing. Like we touched about mental exactly. health and stuff like that. Now, I do want to go back to the company that you started, Bottle and Stone, because we do have a lot of young entrepreneurs who want to start their own company. So, how did you start your own business? And we said the hemp industry is a, a hard industry to navigate. So, at the, you know you're twenty something years old, how did you embark on that journey?
2: Basically, with no advisory whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I started while i was building bottle and stone i launched my matcha company which is through Shana's kitchen so i import matcha from japan this happened completely organically i've always been a matcha drinker and so that kind of just like happened and it was the first product i ever tried to sell through my platform and it went really well and now it's grown like substantially over the last few years but that kind of gave me a somewhat idea of like okay this is kind of how you start a small business and bottle and stone is on a much larger scale but you know, it's one of those things where like, you truly just have to have faith and understand that you don't take no for an answer and that there's always resources. You just have to keep finding them. And that was the biggest challenge is like, I've always been a go-getter and I've always like just... I have that mentality where I'm like, if I have an idea, I'm going to see it through until I literally like hit a wall. And I'm like, okay, it's not working out. I need to pivot another direction. And I was so passionate about Bottle and Stone. And I really believe that living in flow is one of the best ways to live. And it's very hard to achieve. I think living exactly in flow all the time. I don't even do it all the time. But when you realize that Life really does give you intuitive markers all the time. And if you constantly follow those intuitive markers of when things are easy and when they're flowing and when you're finding the answers, like it typically means you're on the right path. But if you're pursuing things that really you keep hitting, you know, loopholes and you keep hitting things that are stopping you and you keep getting disappointed, like typically that means like it's not for you. And so with Bottle and Stone, I was really lucky because every time I felt like I was hitting a challenge, which happened a lot, I would be like, okay, I'm hitting another challenge. I can like give up now, or I can see if I can come overcome this challenge. And every single time I would be like, I'm going to try and overcome this challenge. And this is my solution that I believe will come overcome this challenge. Like the biggest one I had was I won't talk to so many manufacturers, and not one of them could tell me they even visited the HEP farm of where the product was from. And to me, that was a red flag. I was like, I want to know what the details are of this farm. And no manufacturers even cared to, to get the information, nor were they ever going to share it with me. So I was like, cool, I'm going to have to have my own farm. don't know what that looks like. And I was just like, I literally almost gave up then because I'm like, how am I going to figure out a farm and I have to find a partnership? I can't buy land. It's like this whole thing. And I kept asking around and I asked the right people. And somehow I became, I got introduced to my farmers who have a, we have a small farm in Vermont and I pitched them kind of the idea of what my, uh, you know, overall kind of, dream was and i wanted them to be a part of it and they loved it and were partners and, and ended up working out and now it's you know I, i'm feel very lucky to know you know i get to literally physically plant the little sprouts in the ground every year and harvest every year and like i it, it was my dream to know that from seed to when the soil quality to like all these things like i knew the details so when people ask me i can answer them honestly because for me like if i can't I, i'm such a terrible liar and i get so uncomfortable that like if someone Ask me and I didn't know I'd be like um you know it just like wouldn't wouldn't be good but yeah so I think it's just circling back to your question I think it's it's truly like if you're passionate about something you have to keep pursuing it until you really see it through and it's very easy to get discouraged when you're a, a young entrepreneur because you really have no idea what you're doing like yes both my parents were entrepreneurs and but They weren't at the level that I've pursued already. And so I was lucky because, you know, my mom would help me with some advisory stuff, especially when it came to contracts. And like, I have a good lawyer, and like, there's essential things that you need to make sure that a business is run properly, especially at the level that I decided to go at. But I think it's just like, you have to believe in yourself, you have to believe in what you're doing. And for me, like all my stuff is out of pure passion. So when you're passionate about something, like your drive to get it done is so different than just like, I want to make money. So I'm doing this, you know? And it, it, it's just, I feel like there's, it's just a totally different scenario. So just keep on, just keep on keeping on.
1: hundred <laughs> percent. And I think also the intent is so important. Like we own a bottled iced tea brand. And I remember when we started, everyone was like, are you guys crazy to go into the beverage space? I mean, it's such a, a corporate space. It's so hard to break into it. We also went, you know, we went after it due to passion because we genuinely care about what we're feeding our consumers. And on top of it, the intention was so pure. And I feel like even if there's challenges, obviously starting a small company, eventually customers will feel that difference when they know that you started it with pure intent and you actually have their best interest at heart, rather than just creating a product and focusing on profit margins and profitability.
2: 100%. 100%. And I feel like, especially nowadays, I mean, listen, like there's Instagram is is incredible for so many things. And it's also kind of crappy for a lot of things. But one of the things that I feel it really did that was good for society and brands is that now people really care about the voice behind the brand. And they want to know that their money is going towards something that is meaningful and that they care about the people who started it and what they're about. And I guess we can thank millennials for that because we essentially like that's what we care about. And so again, going back to passion, I think it's essential because it, like you said, it's Shows so much when someone is truly passionate about something and they're doing it out of love and passion to help others, especially or bring value to others' lives. And I mean, that's always like my number one advice that I give to people when they ask me when, like, when you're starting a small business or when you start anything, like, make sure it's coming from the heart and it's not coming from the mind because I mean, the combination of both is what you want, but not just from one.
1: Totally. And I love that you mentioned that because I always say we vote with our dollars every day. And I personally, I love knowing who's behind the brand of pretty much everything that I purchased, just because you'll know based on that, whether or not the product was created with your best interest at heart. So I love reading about Mm -hmm. brands and brand founders and really seeing if the product aligns with who started it. And I think that's the future. I think things are going to only grow significantly from there and more and more consumers, mainstream consumers are going to start to take that approach as well.
2: I agree. I agree. And it's good because everyone needs to be held accountable, especially in the wellness space. You know, Unfortunately, the FDA and the US does not give enough regulatory like things and it could be a sketchy industry. So it's like in the wellness space, especially you need people that are really passionate about doing things right because they, you really can get screwed over with quality and hiding things and
1: you know, it's, it's so, essential. And I love that you focus on quality because I think a big issue nowadays, especially in the wellness community, is it's become so trend-based that a lot of consumers assume that if they're following this trendy product or this trendy new ingredient, they're automatically doing good for their body. So like matcha is a great example of that. People assume if they're getting a matcha latte, regardless of where it is, like thumbs up, I did something good for my health. They're
2: getting the benefits.
1: And then sometimes, I mean, you'll get a matcha latte somewhere and it looks like a swamp and it's not (laughs) high quality. As we know, a lot of herbs could contain heavy metals. So I think doing that extra level of research and really knowing the source of what it is that you're consuming is super important. And I actually wanted to ask you about sourcing and some key things that consumers out there with all products, obviously CBD, matcha, but in general, What they should be looking for and looking out for?
2: I think the best thing to do if you really want to know is always just ask questions. Like, I give a really great example of a situation where, you know, I have a lot of brands reach out to me because they want me to be in collab or whatever partnerships with them. And there was this farming salmon company, and I'm not going to give any names, but it's very controversial whether farm salmon or wild caught is better for you because obviously wild caught is wild caught and farm. But like, I understand the controversy between the two because it's like, okay, we're overfishing the ocean. So then farmed is, you know, could be better, but then if it's done right. So there's like all this stuff. So I, of course do all my research on their website and their marketing is great. They say they cover all the things. They care about the animals the and da, 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 they help with the space, like all this stuff. But then when I actually legitimately asked them a million and one questions, like how many fish do you farm at a time? How often is it cleaned? What are you cleaning it with? Do you mind sending photos? Because if I'm going to get behind a brand, I want to make sure that this is legitimate. Like I asked all these kind of, yeah, hard questions, but like if you can answer them spot on, but if not, then, you know, then obviously there's a red flag there. And obviously everyone knows about greenwashing. Everyone knows that like people can market whatever they want, but it's just a matter of seeing if they can actually answer the questions for you. So like I have people ask me all the time about like do we test for heavy metals? Do we do this? And same with my CBD company. That's why I blatantly on my website put our test lab results for every product because I want people to know that like I have nothing to hide and this is full transparency and you can look at all the lab results and see that nothing we we're we're completely clean. We've tested it four times through the process. Like transparency is everything. Thing. And when we live in a world where people are over-marketed, I think, you know, it sucks because you have to set kind of question everybody, but it's just like, look a little more into it, read, you know, what they're saying about their brand and what they stand behind. It's like another one, a good example is like all the companies that all of a sudden started saying like, we plant trees for every order or whatever, like that, which also most of these companies aren't even doing it. And so like, I did a meme where I was like, where are all the trees? (laughs) (laughs) Has anyone even like, hello, as simple as these are all the trees we planted. For your business, thank you. If brands aren't doing things like this, then like it's something to be questioned. So I think it's like empowering yourself to kind of listen to that intuition within yourself to be like, okay, this marketing is really good, but like, are they being transparent? Are they being honest? Mm -hmm. And if you are really questioning it, like send them a customer service email and be like, hey, I have a couple questions. And if they can't answer it, it's probably not good.
1: And it's funny that you mentioned that because a lot of brands will say like 2% of our profits will go to this cause, but a lot of these brands are not profitable. All the revenue goes back into the business. So it really is just a marketing flow. 100%,
2: especially small businesses. I'm like, small businesses, the fact... You barely break even three years yeah. in, okay? Like, you're, you're lucky if you're doing... Exactly. <laughs> if you're exactly... All that money is going straight back in So like 2% of like, a, the like, yeah, it's it's a very good point. It's just like, it's being knowledgeable. It's, it's being educational. And if your instincts are questioning something, just ask.
0: I think consumers are a lot more educated and a lot smarter now. So they are asking the important questions, which I think is really great. And then there's people like you who are sharing to the masses and encouraging people to ask those questions. So I think that's really important as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too.
2: People just need to feel that confidence within themselves, and you know, it's, it's kind of key to to everything. And I, a lot of people don't want to think, and I get that, and they just want to like know that a brand is trustworthy. But you also have to realize that like we're in a time where it's it people and brands just aren't as honest as they used to be. And so, yes, it's unfortunate, but like take that with a grain of salt, and just know that you have the power to really have those answers, and all you
0: have to do is apply and ask. Now, one thing I do want to talk to you a little bit about is your morning routine, because I know you post a lot about that. And I think that the way that we start our day, especially as an entrepreneur, anyone looking to have a successful day, the way we start it is really important. So I'd love to hear a little bit about yours.
2: So I love my morning routine. I've always been a morning person. I mean, when I was younger, I wasn't, I slept till noon when I was a kid, but now that I've been an adult and become an entrepreneur, I really enjoyed, you know, being on the circadian rhythm, which is going to bed by 10 PM. And then I love to wake up by six 30. And this obviously allows me to have a, you know, two to three hour window before my workday starts, depending on what I have that allows the time that I have to myself and in the morning like i literally at night i look forward to waking up <laughs> because yeah. of my routine and one of the actually main things in my routine is having my morning matcha it's like a comfort in a cup it's this like the whole process of making it it's like self care i have my collagen i take my greens and minerals and then after i kind of do all these things that i know nourish my body and i know that are going to make me feel good i sit and i do journaling which has changed my life substantially since i picked it up and i wasn't always a journaler like i tried to pick up journaling i think for like 10 years and i never got into it and then when i really like dedicated myself to it i i have really loved the whole process of like being grateful for things in the morning and waking up with a gratitude thought rather than i have a million things to do today and i'm already overwhelmed because as we all know like our minds it, they can go in any what direction and really go deep into a dark place if you're not careful. And so realizing and and noticing and like, I also like journaling because I feel like it's a sense of my own therapy. You know, like sometimes you wake up, you have a terrible dream. You dream about an ex or you dream about a best friend and somebody did something crappy to you and you're like, Oh, the dream is like, why would I even have that dream? You know, like something like that. And you sit and I like always write my things. I'm grateful and then are grateful for how I woke up and how I'm feeling that day. And then I just like free write. And a lot of the times when you free write, it gives you the ability to kind of really look and and see over your own thoughts which is essentially meditation like you're in meditation it's not about not thinking it's about being non-judgmental of the thoughts that you're having and letting them pass rather than festering over the same thing and like letting the mind go into a, a downward spiral so for me it's waking up I make my bed in the morning because it gives me this first act of accomplishment it makes it Seem Like every time I walk into my bedroom, you know, the rest of the day, my bed's made and my room looks clean, which everybody loves that feeling. Cause I feel like if you walk in mid morning and you're like, Oh, I still like, how, when am I getting around to that? It's something that just makes you feel accomplished and makes you feel good. I go downstairs, I take my greens and minerals, which is like super hydrating, nourishing, I make my matcha, I sit in my little I literally sit on the floor at my coffee table. I don't know why, just like that's where I've ended up. And I free write journal and then I move to meditation after. And my meditations go from 5 minutes to 20 minutes to sometimes 40 minutes. It really I don't really have a specific time frame. And I also thought that I was never going to be able to meditate because I And like, I could think of 12 other things that I could do besides meditate and being an entrepreneur and having that mindset, like, yeah, of course it makes you achieve things. But at the end of the day, like, it's not good for your mental health and it's not good for, you know, just your ability to breathe and like be still and do something for yourself. And so you know, I started with guided meditations when I first did meditations and I did a 21 day guided meditations for five minutes in the morning. That's how I started. I was like, I kept wanting to start and I would do like three days and then I wouldn't do it. And I was just like, in during COVID, I was like, Shana, (laughs) 21 days, five minutes in the morning, you can do it. I swear. (laughs) And sure enough, I did the 21 days guided meditation because I could not sit there by myself and do it. And now here I am, you know, basically almost two years later and I can sit and quiet with no guided meditations and meditate for as long as I feel is necessary. And then from there, I typically do some type of movement. I either work out with my trainer, I do a online, whatever workout thing, or I, if I don't feel like working out, cause I take days off, I'll do like a 10 minute stretch just to like open the body and do the breathing exercises and do a little bit of movement so my body doesn't feel like so stiff. And you know you'll, we all feel stiff when we wake up. And then from there, I typically go to work and start my day.
1: <laughs> Amazing. That sounds like a great routine. And I think a really important thing when it comes to routine and really seeing the benefits through is consistency. And it mm-hmm. seems like you do a very similar type of routine every day for a prolonged period of time and like meditating for 21 days it takes 21 days to create a habit. So I think a lot of people feel motivated. They want to get started on something. They might try it for a day or two. It takes up a lot of time. They might not feel that benefit quite yet. And a lot of people just stop before they actually see it through. So I think consistency is yeah. so important when it comes to yeah. any wellness.
2: It does. I think consistency is definitely number one. And I think number two is what I, I, what I advise a lot of people on is that you are the one that creates the schedule that you have. Right. So like, obviously a lot of people work nine to five and of course that's a schedule that is to someone else. And that's where you have to show up. But the schedule that you create, that is your own and the time that you spend by yourself is something that you have control over. And I think so, like so many people write on my routine or morning routine things and they're like, yeah, this would be great if you don't have a job. I'm like, I have two companies and I work more hours than you can imagine and I've implemented it into my life. Mm-hmm. And it's also what I tell people when they when they argue with me about it as well. They're like, well, you just have kids. I'm like, okay, listen. I dated one of the busiest men in the industry for eight years. Okay. This guy's schedule was insanely crazy. No matter what, he found time for things that mattered to him, like working out, like spending mornings with him and I together. Like There's things that you can take power over and just make it a priority to change it. It's like people feel so helpless sometimes when it comes to like implementing healthier things because they're like, but it's hard. And it's like, okay, maybe for a little bit of time, it'll be uncomfortable because it's something new and the body likes to be on any routine, bad or good. So it's a matter of choosing that good routine and giving your body a little bit of time to acclimate to it. It's like intermittent fasting is another example. If you're used to eating in the morning, yeah, you're going to be hungry because your stomach is used to eating at that time. But as soon as you get over that jump, which is like basically a week week for sure, two weeks, it's your stomach all of a sudden isn't hungry until the time that you're feeding it, which is like if you're in a minute, you know, whatever, 12, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, whatever it is. So the body will adjust to whatever routine you want to put it on. It's just a matter of being patient with yourself and really wanting to do it enough to like know that, okay, this is a healthy routine. What I'm doing is not so healthy. So like I'm gonna pick that and I'm gonna dedicate the 21 days to try and incorporate it because eventually your body will just shift and then it's a part of your lifestyle. You don't even think about it anymore. Like for me, my morning routine is is my morning routine. Like there's it's just my life now. Like, I don't even think about it. I wake up, I get excited. I make my matcha, I sit at journal, I meditate. And then I'm like, all right, (laughs) now I'm ready.
1: Totally. And what I always tell people, because I also have quite a routine and my friends that are like, how do you have time? I mean, if only I was an entrepreneur, this and that. So what I tell people to do, I mean, to start, which often helps is just to take a day and actually calculate how much time they're spending on certain things. And you know, for someone who doesn't think they have time in the morning to work out or meditate or have a normal breakfast, they'll see that maybe they're watching the news for a half hour or an hour. That's time they could spend more productively or sitting on their phone, you know, mm-hmm. watching TV. So I think a lot of people waste time throughout the day without realizing that they're doing so. And if you track it, you could then reallocate something better.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is exactly why I don't also part of my routine is I do not look at my phone nor my emails. When I wake up first in the morning, I don't look at them until I'm after I'm done with meditation because at too many times, I'll accidentally like get into it for whatever reason. I'll, like I see a text or whatever. And then I, and then it's, I, like you said, it'll be 35, 40 minutes later where I'm like deep into all my stuff. And then I'm Instagram messages. And I'm like, what am I like? What, why am I here? Like what you just get lost. And so it's like, it, it's put that away and know that two hours is not going to, If it was urgent, you would know, you know, and know that like all those emails are okay to answer after you've had the quality time that you need to make sure that you're set up on the right foot. And, and, you know, like you know, as entrepreneurs, like this time is essential to make sure that you are in a good mood today. Like I have a small team of people and like, I know that my mood is, it affects my small team. And so if I have anxiety or if I'm overwhelmed or if I'm in a bad mood, like it affects my team and I don't want to do that. I want to create an environment where we're all like in a good place. And like, of course I know that there's good and bad days. and like. But you know what I mean. It's like you don't want to. It's essential to make sure that, like, as that person and as an entrepreneur, like you show up and you feel recharged and you've done the things that are are important to you. Another thing that I've done too is like, you know, I always make sure I have a personal day, and it's like. I did not incorporate that into my life until recently. And I literally would just like overbook everything because you also as an entrepreneur, like you, I don't book anything during the week. I won't do dinners during the week. I won't do nothing because I know if I'm up late and it throws my whole days off and then I'm annoyed at myself like thing. So I'm like, my weekends are when I get to see my friends but I've also now in like, I have a very small group of friends who I love and they bring much value to my life. And I've really kind of cut down that friend group of who I really find as a priority. And I think that's also essential too, because I do need Sundays to be my personal day and I don't want to see anybody. I need to do all the things around my house. I want to like sit around. I want to sit outside. I want to play with my dogs. I want to prep for the week. I want to cook. I want to, you know, all these things. And when I don't have those days, like my weeks start off like behind, And then you just, you know, it's, it's just like certain things of trial and error that I've obviously had, I've been lucky to go over the years, but again, it's like feeling empowered and know that you have power over your life and like really implementing healthy things
0: into it. And that's actually one thing I wanted to ask you as well, because as an entrepreneur, you can have friends who don't prioritize the same things that you might. So what are some of your recommendations? Like if you have friends who have different values than you are, aren't into health, how do you weed out or how do you create those boundaries Amongst your friends or those that you surround yourself with?
2: It's a really great question because I have a lot of friends who are trying to be better about prioritizing what is good for them. And they're having a hard time saying no to people because they feel that they'll be mad at them or think that they don't show up for them or like whatever. And through my experience creating boundaries and things with my friends, like my friends. Love me, and they support and what me and what I'm doing, and they know that like my bedtime is 9:30, and if they want to hang out with me, it's the weekends. And this is because I've had situations where I've been like, you know what, guys, like I, of course, there's circumstances. Like if there's a birthday dinner on a weekday, like I'll show up. But my friends also know, like, can you make it a little earlier because you know I want to be hang out for an hour, and you know I have like a heart out at 10. You know, so like I think it's just in my experience too. All the people that I've kept in my life, who I've cre- I've really like essentially told these boundaries to, instead of being mad at me for them, they respect me for them. And they're like, I respect you so much for having that discipline and knowing what's right for you. And instead of them being mad at me, they actually really look up to me and they're like, it's so inspirational. I really hope I can get there one day. And I'm like, of course you can. It's just a matter of speaking up what you know is right for you. We all have that tingly sensation when it's like, you probably shouldn't go to the dinner because you have a meeting tomorrow, you know, but you kind of ignore it. And then you're like, go. And then the next morning you're like, I'm not prepared for this meeting. Now I'm tired, I'm not sharp. Whatever it is, and so it's like it's you just have to listen and create those boundaries and it's trial and error and it takes some time. It's took me years to really like understand what my boundaries are for me and what's best for me personally. And all the people that understood and support me have all stayed in my life and the people that didn't like they faded out and I don't feel bad about it. I'm just like, you know, I'm I'm on a, pl- a path. I live a very, you know, unique circumstance. I work very hard and and you only want to have people around you that really love and support you.
1: I'm in the same boat. And I think it's so important to really prioritize yourself. I think a lot of times people assume that by doing so, you're being selfish. When in my opinion, that's actually making you selfless because then you have more value to add to those around you, to your businesses, to your employees, to your family. But I think a lot of people struggle with that. And a lot of people feel like, oh, you know, I can't cut out this friend just because they're draining my energy or I can't do this and I can't do that. And I think a big thing that overall as a society, we have to prioritize more is prioritizing ourselves and giving ourselves what we need to function at our best.
2: Exactly. Because at the end of the day, then everyone gets to benefit for it. It's like in all my spiritual work that I've done, it's it's like, I've always been an overgiver, and I never was good at boundaries because I just wanted to give and give and give. And I always like wanted to do so much for everybody and go out of my, out of my way because it's just like who my heart was, but I was always depleted and always overwhelmed. And then I would always like kind of hit this like rock bottom where I want to disappear for like 10 days and not talk to anybody. And so it's like over so many years of doing this, it's like my, my mentors would be like, like I like if your cup is always empty, like you're never going to give people your full potential. But if you are constantly loving and nourishing yourself and doing what's best for you, you will have an overflow of all this givingness that you have. And then you'll never feel depleted, which means you have more to give and more people will appreciate what you're giving because it's something that is like, you're really looking forward to doing instead of doing something that's like kind of what, not what you want to do, but your heart's too big. And so you're like pulled in all these directions and then you're just depleting yourself again. And so it, like you said, it's like, if you have that overflow, it's the perfect scenario because it's like, it's not selfish at all. It's just doing enough for yourself to be able
0: to give more. And I think it actually strengthens your relationships with the ones that you really care about because you're not resenting others for a decision that you made to go out with them because then you're like, oh, why did I hang out with her? It's her fault, but it's actually, mm-hmm. you just didn't create that boundary.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now we spoke a lot about routine and obviously that's important, but it's okay to sometimes if you're off, I know you were on vacation and I'm sure your routine was a little bit different. So what are some tips you have for not being so hard on yourself and also how you kind of get back into your routine once you're back?
2: I'm never, I feel like being hard on yourself about anything is just like not the the right answer. Like, of course you want to push yourself in a healthy way because that's, that's healthy. But beating yourself up for not achieving something is definitely not the mentality that you want to have. And, you know, it's true. Like sometimes I don't do my routine all the time. Like, for instance, you know, sometimes I have friends that are staying with me and I don't see them that often. And so, you know, sometimes they wake up as early as me and sometimes they don't. And I feel like. I can't really meditate and journal when someone's like scurrying around in the kitchen behind me, you know? And like, of course I can do it in my room, but it's like, you know, it's you just, and I always just, am just like, you know what, it's just not today. And maybe I'll do it before I go to bed. Like if I want to get my meditation and my journaling in, I'll sit, you know, 10 minutes before I go to bed and journal how my day was instead of how the morning was. And, do a little meditation then i sleep deeper and with traveling you know i i try to do as much as my same routine just because it brings some like a stability in my life like journaling and making my morning matcha i travel with like literally my whole matcha kit but like when i don't if i'm up later because i'm on vacation which i do all the time because it's like why am i going to go to bed at 9 30 if i don't have work tomorrow and i sleep in late like whatever like i don't i don't I've never really been really hard on myself now that it is incorporated into my life. I guess as what I could say, I would, I would be hard on myself and be a little disappointed if I didn't finish like the 21 day of meditation, because I knew once it was really implemented, then it would, it would be a lot easier to bring it back into my life. So I feel like it's kind of one of those hard, those hard barriers where it's like in the beginning, you want to be hard on yourself, but you don't want to punish yourself. It's like, okay, I didn't do it today. This is the reasons why it's okay tomorrow. I'm going to start over and it's a new day. And instead of being like, I'm never going to get it. This is terrible. Like why am I even trying to do this morning routine? Like, you know, it's like what you say to yourself is so essential to make sure that you keep a, you're in a good place. So like, know that people make mistakes, know that no one's perfect and there's no perfect routine. There's no perfect, like whatever, it doesn't exist. All it is, is like, do your best, what you know is best for you. Talk nicely to yourself because if you didn't do it, it's okay. You have tomorrow again, like every day is a new day and every day you can start over. So just like, don't be stuck on, you know, what you feel as a failure because it's not at the end of the day at all.
1: And I like that you mentioned that there's a difference between hating on yourself and pushing yourself. Cause I think that with that also comes making excuses and saying, well, you know what, I wasn't feeling it today, but if that becomes a habit for too long, that's also not productive. So we have to know ourselves well, and we have to know how to push ourselves and how to also forgive ourselves. If we're not doing the things that we know we should be doing, because again, exactly, we still do have to push ourselves. We have to be our own motivators and really push ourselves to reach our full potential.
2: Yeah. Exactly. It's just that fine line of like, I mean, for instance, you can write, like I used to write post-it notes and things and post them around my house because it just like kind of keeps you in that mindset of like, you can do it. Like it's okay. You know, like simple things like that, where, you know, you see it because if we have essentially, we all are, we are our own hype. People like we are our hype person and if you don't have that confidence within yourself to achieve something it's going to be very difficult to like really achieve it so it's like yes of course surround yourself with like-minded people who are going to push you hard too but at the end of the day like do all the little tools and things that you can that would really just remind you every day that it's okay like keep pushing forward like keep trying that stuff like it's it takes time and you just have to be patient and understanding and talk nicely to yourself and don't punish yourself. And yeah,
1: hundred percent really great advice. Now a question we love to ask all of our guests on this podcast is if you could have a morning tea or matcha with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? And why?
2: That's a great question. The first person that comes to my mind is Marilyn Monroe because I just really love her.
1: Yeah. It was that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. She just is like effortless, everything like beauty. And I mean, there's a tragedy of course that happened to her and I'm sure there's always a second story, but I'm not, I don't really have like many people that I like look up to, I guess you can say, but I feel like she would be a person that I would love to sit and chat with.
1: Now, do you have any favorite books or documentaries, you know, wellness or mindset oriented that have helped you that you think would add some value to other people's lives?
2: Yes, I've. What are some of my favorite books? One of the first books I ever read, actually, that kind of helped me on my spiritual journey of like self help was um, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. That was a really good one. And then the next one that I really loved was Inner Engineering by Sadhguru. Uh, Also, very good perspective on just kind of the way that you should work but that it's very digestible. And then I'm reading right now which I love is um Jay Shetty's new book uh, Think Like a Monk. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah
1: that's, that's a good, good one. one.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I really really like that book as well. And then I really love for people that like struggle a lot with mental health, there's a documentary called Heal. I don't mm. know if you've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think mm, just the whole placebo effect and the mind and how powerful it is and how it can cause disease and and you can really heal disease with the mind i think is is something everybody should really see for them you know for themselves because it's it's pretty extraordinary when you realize how strong your thoughts are and and i know after watching that it really made me want to think more about how i talk to myself and what i say and you know, when you're feeling sick, like telling yourself you're feeling sick, or if, you know, it's like just the mentality of kind of having that awareness about your thoughts a little bit more, I know really helped me kind of control my mind a little bit more. And, you know, we're all victims of our own mind and thinking negative thoughts and going in dark places. And it's not about changing the way that that mind is because it's impossible to do that, but it's just about being aware and kind of catching it and reeling it back to reality of what the situation really is rather than letting it go in a place that doesn't exist. So.
0: Have you read You Are the Placebo by Joe Dispenza? No. That's a good one. If you're a fan I'll read that one. Yeah.
1: And it shows us how yeah. much power we have. You know, a lot of times people feel powerless, but when you see documentaries like Heal, it makes you realize that we're more powerful than we realize.
2: Exactly. And that's literally the number one thing. I think people just really don't feel power at all. Like they, they're they powerless. And taking that power back in your hands and knowing how strong and powerful that is, is it's one of the first steps I think to like really kind of starting on your wellness journey and knowing how much power
1: you really have. Now, this was a really great conversation and I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to learn more about your work and potentially get in touch. So where are the best places to reach you at and to also check out your brands?
2: So I have my personal Instagram, which is Shana at Shana Therese Taylor. And then, um, Shana's kitchen is all my recipes, which is Shana's dot kitchen. And then uh, my website for matcha is shaynaskitchen.com and my CBD company is bottleandstone.us.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We both got a lot out of this conversation and we appreciate all your insight and wisdom.
0: Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on our episode with Shayna Taylor. Shayna shared so much valuable insight with us on how to successfully start and build a brand and passion project, as well as the importance of creating a healthy routine and daily habits so that we can live and feel our best. As always, if you have any questions, you can email us at podcast at drinkdowntoearth.com or get in touch with us on our Instagram at drinkdte. In the meantime, stay healthy and stay hydrated. Cheers. Now it's time for you to go out there and do at least one small thing to better your health today.
1: Always choose to make your life a healthier, happier, and a more down-to-earth place.
0: Until next time,
1: cheers to good health.